0: Welcome to Fleet Baptist Church. We hope you enjoy the latest in our teaching series. It is so great to be with you here this morning again. We are finishing off our series actually. So, um, not only just are we finishing off Colossians, but we're finishing off our series with Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. Um, and I've been given the task to bring it home, which is slightly daunting. But um, I'd really encourage you, actually, it's been a really great series to look through, and I'd encourage you to go back and to re-listen to some of them. I feel like there's been some incredibly timely messages for us as a church. And I really would in, uh, encourage you to go back and to listen to Tina's message from last week if you missed it. Um, Tina is an awesome woman, woman of God. Apparently I can't say woman, but uh, she's an awesome woman of God, and she had a really timely message to bring that really has blessed me Um And so I just really encourage you to listen to that. Um, But before we get started with anything today, um, I first need to say, happy birthday, mum. Done it. Brilliant. That's just good daughter duties. There we go. Anyway, (laughs) let's uh, read Colossians uh, 4, verses 2 to 6 together. It says this. It says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful Paul wants to leave them with. And it's fascinating, I think, what he chooses to say. Devote yourselves in prayer and be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. And, uh, you know, an initial reading, we could read it like, like you know, like my mum, uh, my mum, when she used to go to work, she worked, she's a nurse, she works nights, and she would run out the door, she would give us like our final instructions of like, oh, brush your teeth and make sure you put out your school uniform. And, blah, blah. and it's like the things that she would last remember as she was walking out the door. But actually, I think these were far more intentional than that. And I think there was far more of, these aren't just two separate things of just devote yourselves in prayer, uh, be kind to outsiders. It's far more intentional than that. And I think it's far more cause and effect. Devote yourselves to prayer. These words come from the Greek words. And again, get ready for me to butcher it. Proskarate. Something like that. It's used 10 times in the New Testament and is translated in a variety of ways, particularly in the King James, i.e. continue, continue instant, continue steadfastly. But it's built on this root meaning, which is to be strong, and it always connotes an earnest adherence uh, to a person or a thing. And in this passage in particular, it implies this persistence and further. I, uh, you don't just maintain a habit of prayer, uh, but press on and press in when you pray. He goes on to say, he says, be watchful. Get, oh, I'm really butchering the words today. got Oh, do you know what? Even I think I've got that terribly wrong, but it literally means uh, keep awake. Uh, it's where we actually get the name Gregory from. And it suggests this constant spiritual alertness that we as Christians are to be watchful and active in prayer, alive in the fullest sense, never careless, mechanical, dull or heavy. So be watchful, but also be thankful. Uh, you know, Paul is one of these people who understood what it meant to be thankful. And thanksgiving is this uh, characteristical element which Paul constantly reverts to and um, and do you know why? I think why Paul knows, because Paul was someone who had so many circumstances thrown at him. I think he knows the value of thanksgiving, which it counteracts things. It, a praise imparts a spiritual freshness to prayer, which acts as an antidote to the sluggishness of the soul. You know, Paul, Paul faced so many things, but he knew that if he could get to a place of thanksgiving, he would find joy. Um, I want to pause here because I'm, I'm, I, I can feel you, almost all of you at home going, oh no, she's about to give us a sermon on how we should pray more. Um, and, and, and I am, but I, I, I feel like you'll be like me where, where actually when someone tells you to pray more, you just feel guilty and you feel like this burden come upon you. And I want to maybe suggest that we've allowed prayer to become transactional rather than relational. That, uh, that actually, when I, when I say let's pray more, you, you feel a burden, you feel guilt. And actually, what, what we should feel is, is freedom because it's about just spending time with our Father. It's why Jesus, when he taught us to pray, the first two words that we are to pray is our Father. I, it's our Father that we're coming before. It's spending time with our Father. It was always meant to be about a relationship with a Father. And, you know, um, I've got a slight bugbear because I think we've taught ourselves to pray wrong, that we've purely taught ourselves, uh, you know, I remember growing up being taught the teaspoon prayer, and there's nothing wrong with it, apart from it reduces down to, um, a teaspoon prayer, by the way, is just saying, thank you, sorry, please, using the TSP um, letters, but... uh, but that isn't what prayer is. It's not about coming to God saying, thank you, sorry, please, and running out the door again. It's about being relational, about spending time with my father. Am I, I was, I'm very blessed to have had a really great dad, and uh, my greatest, like, when I think he's no longer with us, and when I think back about the times that uh, like, have really touched me, it's, it's the times I just sat on his lap. I, I, honestly, I don't think I can remember a conversation. I don't think I can remember. I definitely remember saying sorry to him a couple times, but I think that was more of the... Learning to behave process. But um, I, I don't really remember saying thank you, sorry, please all the time. I actually just remember sitting on his lap and being in his presence because that is what changed me. And it's the same with our Father that actually just sitting on his lap, sitting by him, sitting in his presence is what changes us. You know, um, I've got my notes out of order, so this is terrible. Let me find them. Here we go. Prayer. What I have made prayer to be has always been something I've struggled with, and I don't know if I should admit that as a pastor, um, but it's something that I really struggled with growing up. Like, it was always this thing that I felt like I had to do, and I felt like I had to get it right. Um, And even now, to this day, if if you ask me to pray out loud, which I have to do, I think it's actually a job requirement at some points. I, I, I get nervous because I want to get it right and I want to say the right words. I want to say something profound. I want to ask for the right things. And it was just never meant to be like that. I want to take you to 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, And it says this, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. You know, in this passage, God instantly reminds us of two things, which is one, we are his people, and two, we are called, uh, we carry his name, we are called by his name. We are God's chosen people. We know that now, uh, through Christ, there is no Jew nor Gentile. We are his chosen people, and he has bestowed upon us the authority to change the world around us through the authority of his name. It says it, doesn't it? It says, Jesus said, you will ask uh, the father in my name and anything you ask for will be done for you it says where two or three are gathered in my name i will be there in the midst he has given us his name and now we need to use it to bring change i'm not going to go into the significance uh, or the kind of the theology about us carrying his name we've actually spoken about it before during this series um i'd really genuinely do go back and listen uh, But what we need to understand is, is that we were given his name to come to to this earth with a transformational assignment. It says, says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that prayer is an assignment. We aren't here just to take up space. We're not here to just live and then die. That's not, we're here for an assignment. And we are here to join in with what God is doing. Jesus' final words on this planet Matthew 28, 18 to 20, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptize them into the name and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely, surely I will be with you to the very end of the age. These final words give us a mission and a promise. We are to change the world around us. I've been uh, listening to Bill Johnson. Bill Johnson, um, I think a couple of weeks ago, uh, did a sermon on prayer. I'd really encourage you if you've got time to go listen to it. I'm going to use two or three quotes from it. Um, But one of the things he said in his uh, sermon was he said, it is from our knees that uh, we have the greatest effect on the world around us. You see, when we pray, we become partners with God. We are encouraged, are not we, in that passage. It says, uh, those who will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. You know, it's fascinating that, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, uh, we're encouraged to to pursue God's face, and yet in the Old Testament, those who saw his face died. Um, Don't worry, that won't happen to you. We live in a new covenant time. The veil has been torn. We can go fully into the presence. We can uh, encounter the Father. But I think it, um, it it tells us something, which is that when we come when we come face to face with God, when we come to uh, to Him in prayer, is that things that shouldn't have ever existed in our life die before our Father. Does that make sense? When we come before His before His face, things that should never have been there in the first place die because they cannot stand in the presence of God. You know, our our insecurities, our ungodly beliefs, our wrong theology—they all die. Because when we come face to face with our Father, we are reminded of who we are and why we are here. You know, what prayer is, is it's a continued conversation born out of an existing relationship that reminds us of who we are and reminds us of why we're here. You know, why would we ever want to escape the fact that we carry his name and we carry it for a reason? Bill says this, it says, it is foolishness to be given such a transformational tool as prayer and then not use it. We need to learn, guys, to pray from, from relationship and from presence and remain in, carry that presence as we go out and carry out that relationship, knowing that God is who he is, who He promised he will always be, knowing that His promise to us that he would never leave us, is, is a promise that we can rely on. And learning to live out the authority that he has bestowed upon us and which comes through carrying his name. You know, uh, I don't want you to hear this morning that uh, you now need to, you know, like you need to spend like 10 quality minutes with time in order to get any blessing. God isn't pe- petty at all. He isn't petty. His love is unconditional. And if, if all you ever do is throw up prayers and requests and give him two seconds here or there, I'm, I want to tell you that he loves it. And he will pour out his blessings upon you because he's a good father who will do that. He will. He will bless you because he's a God. He desires to bless and will make every way possible to bless you. That's just his nature. He's good. But there is so much more and he desires to spend time with us. You know, uh, my dad, honestly, you know, it's one of the best things I was given was a good dad to understand who my good father was in heaven, my good father in heaven but my dad just loved to spend time with all of his children. He had five, there's a lot of us, um, and he he just loved spending time with us. He would just come and sit in our room, and uh, my mum, I've said already, my mum would work nights, and uh, she'd go out to work, and honestly, I knew if if I went downstairs after my mum had gone to work and said, Dad, can I hang out with you? He'd say yes. He just always would because he loved to spend time with us, and that is who our God is, that he always wants to give us good things, but he just wants to spend time with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He just desires to know you. You know, prayer can be purely transactional, but it's far more powerful when it is relational, because it becomes transformational. You see, when we spend time with Father, we are changed in his presence. We grow to be more like him just because we get to know him. And it's why I think Paul prays, he says, devote yourselves to prayer. And then goes on to say, walk out that in wisdom. He says it because he knows that prayer changes not only the things around you, but the things inside you. You know, one is born out of the other. Prayer shapes our wisdom and how we walk it out. Let's read um, verses five and six in the Passion Translation. Says, walk in the wisdom of God as you live before the unbelievers, and make it your duty to make him known. Let every word you speak be drenched with grace and tempered with truth and clarity. For then you will be prepared to give a respectful answer to anyone who asks about your faith. Just for context here. Um, uh, the Colossian church were facing uh, many charges of misconduct. So it was actually very imperative that they, 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 w- they walked this, th- how they acted out, how they treated outsiders. They walked that out in wisdom. They were facing a lot of um, persecution in that respect. And, uh, and I, I, but I, I don't think it lessens the, the call to, to walk out uh, in wisdom how we act with unbelievers today. I, I actually think it's probably more necessary than ever. But the wisdom of God comes from spending time in prayer. You see, walking out in wisdom and make it your duty to make Him known. The purpose of why we're walking out in wisdom is our duty is because we want to make the world know that God is alive and he's real and he's good. Of course, that's our duty. It's our mission, it's our assignment. You know, the Aramaic, uh, can be translated sell your last crust of bread which is a metaphor for making a full commitment i.e. giving all you've got it's, um, it, reminds, it reminds us doesn't it of Matthew 13 the two parables of the hidden treasure and the pearl of great, uh, great price when the, the, the people found them when they were found they sold everything to get them and we not only need to sell everything to get this salvation for ourselves but we also need to sell everything to obtain it for others to tell others to make it possible for others we need to make it our duty and make the most out of every moment because honestly guys we don't know when that moment's going to come honestly you just don't you know one of the strangest experiences I've ever had is um having to to actually share the gospel moments before passing out um I went in for for an operation uh once and uh as um, actually i don't know if you've never had an operation you um and when you have general anesthetic they actually talk to you as they put the drugs in to make you go to sleep to make sure that it's actually worked so um and it's oft it's very small chit chat um kind of small talk and so uh as as i was kind of uh, there lying in my hospital gown getting ready for my operation um the the anesthetist uh, said, "Oh, what, what would you normally be doing on, on a day like today?" And I said, "Oh, I'd be at work." And then you know, naturally, what did you do for work? And I said, "Oh, I'm a pastor." And she said, "What's a pastor?" And I said, like, "Oh, she, she probably just knows the term vicar of minister." So I said, I'm, uh, "Like like a vicar or a minister, um, I work for a church." And 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 then she went, "I don't know, I don't know what that is still." And I one one the first thought that went through my head was, I don't know, if, don't know if I want you to be an anaesthetist if you don't know what a vicar... Uh, but actually, actually, as you know, I was like, actually, this is someone who's had no context to do with anything to do with church. Oh, and this is a very quick thought I'm having, but oh my goodness, I've probably got about 10 seconds before I actually physically pass out. How much of the gospel can I get in in that time? And so I think I managed to say, I work for a t- church and tell people how much Jesus loves them. And I think that's probably about when I passed out. Um... You don't know when the opportunity is going to come. A more thoughtful opportunity I had was um, I had this interaction with a girl with with a girl in the youth group over Instagram uh, during lockdown. And uh, for four years, I've met this girl uh, during youth group and told her constantly about God, uh, had had to walk out uh, walk out in wisdom how I act towards um, just everyone, uh, but particularly this girl. Uh, she she wouldn't be. Uh, maybe the easiest in terms of behavioural things. Uh, but uh, so we, we walk out and actually what that yielded was that during lockdown, she sent me a, a message saying, what does God think about this? And the opportunity came to share the gospel with her like I never have before. And why? Because actually with those four years beforehand, I'd walked out the way that I treated her in wisdom, which yielded this opportunity. Make it your duty and make the most out of every moment. You know, we may be the only gospel that anyone ever hears or sees. And we need to represent him well. One final quote from Bill Johnson, but this, this I think is profound. God is not looking for people who know how to stay busy. He is looking for people who know how to represent his heart. I'm not going to represent in action what I've not found in prayer. You know, it's the connection with the heart. He, By the way, he didn't say, you know, that's me. It is the connection with the heart of God that gives me the authority to represent him with absolute confidence in action. You know, when we take on the name of God, we become his representatives on this earth. You know, Christian literally comes from the Greek word christianos, meaning little Christs. It used to be used as an insult, but that's honestly what we are. We're representatives, we're little Christ in this world. And we need to represent him well. I want to represent him well. And the way that I do that is by getting to know him and becoming like him. And the way that I do that is by spending time with him in prayer. That's all prayer is, guys, it's being relational with our Father. Prayer changes things and it changes us. Devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and make the most out of every opportunity. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. I want to finish by um, reading the lyrics of the song. I don't know if you've noticed, music is one of the ways that actually um, God really speaks to me. Um, and there's this song that I want to read. It's by a guy called Cody Carnes. It's called Nothing Else. Um, and it just talks about coming back to the heart of worship, the heart of a relationship with God. And it says this: It says, "I'm caught up in Your presence, and I just want to sit here at Your feet." I'm caught up in this holy moment and I never want to leave. I'm not here for blessings, Jesus. You don't owe me anything. But more than anything that you can do, I just want you. I'm sorry when I've come with my agenda. I'm sorry when I forgot you're not enough. Take me back to where we started. I'll open up my heart to you. For I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. More than anything that you can do, I just I want you. For nothing else, nothing else, nothing else will do. I just want you. My encouragement this morning is to go back to what prayer was always meant to be. What Jesus modelled to us so clearly with his relationship with the Father. And back to the heart, to just spend time with the Father.